Hi, I'm Sierra. And I'm Stefan. We're here to chit chat about the mystical, the magical, and everything in between. This is Mystic Gossip. And we're here to spill the positivity. All right, Stefan, spill it. <laughs> we're here to talk about tarot today. I'm excited. Tarot today. That's like a new show. That's 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 our side podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, another one. Yeah, I love it. Oh, my God. Tarot today. Yes. Oh, we love tarot. It is. I mean, it's a thing that brought us together. And I definitely think that you've been in the tarot world longer than I've been in the tarot world. But now we're both <laughs> equally as deep in the tarot world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are definitely way steep in the tarot world. <laughs> we are getting those lower chakras wet. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate, but we'll get back to that. It's, I mean, it's our podcast. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I've had such a tarot-centric week, actually. And I just have to say that the one thing I am really, really real realizing and that's resonating with me right now is the power of tarot. And oh, I just think that it's accessible to everyone. If you can get past the stigma, which a lot of people carry of this, you know, occult, you know, death, all these things that scare people. And you see it when you read for people. I did an event this weekend and there was, there's always one. And there was a client that's like, oh, no, 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 not the death card, not the death card. And you have to be like, no, guys, let's pull it back on the stigmas. This is all positive. This is all wonderful. Um, but the power of the fact that it's accessible to everybody, anyone can learn it. Not everyone may be good at it, but it's it's just such a human system and it's just gives you this uh access to the divine and i and i love it um and watching readings i've been doing recently has just made me so excited because i see how it helps people i see how it excites people how it inspires people to be better higher versions of themselves and also how it's taught me to trust my intuition how it's taught me to trust my wisdom and how it's taught me to connect spiritually magically mystically so yeah. yeah yeah I mean the passion is there and it's like <laughs> and you know it's interesting because I I just started teaching uh, a tarot class and yes. that has been exciting for me going from literally like student to teacher in like a pretty quick turnaround which there's always that whole imposter syndrome there in a way but there's always like I mean the thing that's really cool about tarot is you literally don't need a teacher but at right. the same time, as someone who is a teacher and someone who has learned it, I love teaching. I love teaching these subjects, especially when I'm passionate about it. And one thing that I was going over recently when it comes to teaching is that like, well, first of all, there's no shame in looking in a book when you're learning. But absolutely. Not. And that's why I agree with that accessibility. I mean, if you're listening to this and you just look in that book, you go to, you know, biddytarot.com. That's what I did for a long time. I mean, good Love for you. Yeah, you're getting the messages and you're you're spending intentional time with yourself or with close people and and looking and seeking some answers from like this higher, you know, source of information. And if you don't have the deck memorized, you don't have the deck memorized, you can still get good stuff out of it. But what I love about tarot is like when you want to take the step beyond looking in the guidebook you really get a whole different layer of definitions in a way because you allow your intuition to be the one telling you 
yes. what what the message oh, is. Yes. And so it's just this whole like depth where, you know, if you know what the three of pentacles means and you pull the three of pentacles, but this time for whatever reason, your eyes like zipped on this like shadowy thing in the back. And you're like, wait a minute, you don't even think you're part of this trio. You don't even feel a part of it. You're totally in the shadows there, you know? And so you, right. you see what it is that grabs your eye and you just let yourself trust it. And so you don't have to worry about being like, okay, three, <laughs> three of pentacles. That's what this, you know? And, and that's the really beautiful part about tarot is you can have it on so many different levels. And once you allow yourself to I mean personally I'm someone who works really well with structured learning and then taking it on my own so once I felt like I had the structure down and I allowed my intuition to take over more it then you just get so many more layers of meaning to it and I think that you and I are the same there and I think that uh, both of us needed to learn the system intellectually to then have access to the intuitive part of it. Whereas other people, and I'm reading this meeting tarot readers recently is like, we have the psychic psychic intuitives who come in from that angle first and then use the cards to get them closer to a meaning or to focus. Whereas you and I really do focus on meaning, language, symbols, words. And then through that, we get to the intuitive side and it's just how we're made. And I love that. Yeah. And I absolutely yeah. love that. Um, it is such a powerful system of of uh, self development and clarity. And what I also love is that, and I and I see this with clients too. There's always a way in. You know, it's like if you are agnostic and don't believe in anything um, higher, or you're even an atheist. There's a scientific way into tarot. There's a there's a a color there's a, theory, a numerology a theory, theory. Yeah. a Jungian archetypal therapy based practice, and then literally everything in between, you know, and yeah. every single person that you work with has a way to connect with it, whether they believe they're just accessing higher wisdom within themselves or whether they believe that you're connecting to something more divine. Um, yeah. It's kind of an incredibly welcoming system. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many, I also love the range of people or like the spectrum of people and the type of readers that there are. Again, like what we said in our intro episode, there's space in this community for literally everybody. And if you, yes. same thing, like, you know, if you get uh, an astrology reading from me, I'm literally reading your same chart. You go to an astrologer who's reading the exact same chart from you, you're going to get a different reading because everybody has their own way of giving that information and interpreting that information. And tarot is even more interpreted and it makes it more exciting than it is like, well, this person said this and this person said this. It's no, you're getting different insights from different souls. And that's the thing where I'm not saying go to 5 million different tarot readers to try to get the person to say like, oh yeah, they're in love with you. You know, like, no, like, that's, not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the goal here. But uh, on my like amazingly magical Egypt trip in December, like uh, there was a bunch of tarot readers there. And first of all, let me just say, it was so great being on like a spiritual voyage because nobody there had to be like um so actually like i i um read tarot cards it was like none of that everybody <laughs> everybody like, had a day yeah. this moment is giving me the two of wands you know it's like everyone's yeah. speaking tarot yeah. yeah and you know there was actually a lot of people on the trip who were like actual tarot readers and there were some people who had never really dabbled in it before other than knowing what it was so there was so much teaching and learning and sharing in that moment. And you also, that was just like my little kind of controlled group of seeing how so many people do this differently. And I feel like there's the people who have their 
deck. This is my deck. This is the one that I use every time. And like, maybe I have one or two other ones that were gifts, but like, this is my deck. And then you've got Sierra <laughs> over here who's got 700 decks on the shelf behind me. And it's like, which mood am I in right now? But like the thing that I, so I, one thing is that I love how people interpret tarot differently. And like, it's like a different lifestyle for everybody. And then I love just as an artsy person, and you're the artist here too, as an artsy person, <laughs> I love the artwork and like, that's a oh huge reason why it's I love it. Reason. The graphic draw. It's just such a beautiful way of connecting. It you is know, many funny. pieces of artwork. Every deck has 78 cards. And like, and if you get one of the deck, that's not just like five pentacles on it or, you know, two pentacles on it where you have a an illustrated interpretation of that card that is so much work and beauty and art in each card and you know what's beautiful about it too is that like so one of my favorite tarot teachers paul quinn um has a book that i love um called tarot for life which is amazing but he in his forward talks about the system of um kind of like forced synchronicity and he says, you know, synchronicities, those signs we see out in life, um, when you work with a tarot deck, you're creating an environment where you are sort of bringing synchronicity forward because you're like, here's these 78 images. Let's create, you know, coincident, beautiful coincidences within what we see. And it really is a nice way to think about it, that you're creating a platform for synchronicity because of these 78 beautiful illustrations. And then talk about working with multiple decks. Suddenly you have all these images, these beautiful images, you're just giving yourself all of this stuff to react to. And the universe is like, oh yeah, let's do it. And I think yeah. that that's a beautiful, you're sort of actively participating in the act of synchronicity. You're saying I'm coming to it, yeah. you know, and I love that. It it comes back to like the intention of it. And that's the really cool thing about tarot that regardless of if you're reading it from having learned it really well, or if you're reading it from checking in a booklet, like you are creating a space and an intentional time to do something magical, you know, like you're, you're doing something magical. And there's this cafe near me in Paris. That is like my favorite little witchy magical cafe, shout out Cafe Contresor. And like, they've got like this whole bookshelf of tarot decks there. And it, in this like really magical kind of setting, but this is a type of cafe where maybe not everybody who goes there does tarot, but with the, just like the options of tarot decks on the shelf, it almost is like, oh, well, I'll just I'll just take one off the shelf and I'll just look at I it love that. and I'll just kind of like spread it out, you know, and I'll just play with it. And I feel like there's something about that. Like when people come over to my place or when I'm somewhere, and I always got a tarot deck in my purse and they're like, do you have your cards <laughs> with you? And it's like, of course I do. And it makes yeah. it like something about that with this. It's very intriguing. It's like, oh, I just want to kind of dabble in that for like the people who aren't going to go and like buy it for themselves. I feel like anybody who hasn't, you know, bought it for themselves, there's still like when you see a deck, it's like, well, what is that one? Like, well, oh, well, that that's really pretty. I've never seen one like that before, because I think, like you said, there's sometimes this image of like the devil and the death card. And that's what tarot is. And we don't do that. And meanwhile, like, that. oh, my God, hello, Lightseer's deck. The devil's like this hot man, you know? <laughs> I know. I know. And it's like everybody is drunk. And it's funny because you see it. You see the fear. And it's such it's a shame. And that's, you know, we have to we have to destigmatize that because there really is. It's such a beautiful light practice. It really is. And <clears throat> and I think that my clients, we do attract clients that are ready for self-work. And I did an event recently. And what I loved about it was that it was a Valentine's Day event. And here I was thinking, 
oh my God, I'm in for it. I'm going to have all these people wanting love readings. And you know, love readings are always the worst because they're always like, you need to be more vulnerable. You need to be less guarded. You, you know, um, but I got like 15 different fabulous people who were strong, who were there to work on themselves, who are asking, you know, what's best for me right now? What's my highest goals? And I yes. was like, yes, like, oh my goodness. It was so refreshing um, that our, you know, that the people were there to do that clarity work. And I was like, oh, I just, I just love that. And, and, and that we were part of that inspiring process together the people left feeling inspired to be better. And I just think, yes. how amazing is that? I mean, and that is how being spilled. Be. <laughs> being spilled. And, you know, I, I, I did it. I did it. I had a client last night and she's like, I'm going to take this to therapy and play it for my therapist the whole session. She's like, because this is insane. And she's like, <laughs> this is so beautiful. And she messaged me later that night and said, I'm still sitting in the joy that I felt from our session together. And I just went, you know what? This is what it's about. Like, this should not be heavy. It can be meaningful. It can be hard to hear. It can be work. But afterwards, you should feel like you have more space, you know? Yeah. And I just more, think that that's... More like, maybe more more knowledge. I don't know. I did a reading recently too, where <laughs> this, this uh, client's guides were like, we're specifically not giving you an answer because the purpose here is for you to be making a choice. So we're not. Yes. And and so even in those situations where I'm like, I know you often come to a tarot reader to get answers, but like the purpose here is that you need to make a choice. So what we're going to do is look down choice one, we're going to look down choice two, and I'm going to present you with a little more clarity there, but exactly. you still have to be the one who makes the choice. The cards have told me that they're not allowed to make it for you. And even in that situation, I feel like people leave with more in insights and a little more clarity, even if you didn't get the, yes, I should apply for this job or whatever it is, you know, there's, there's yeah. just more clarity. And I, I think that clarity yeah. brings, uh, you know, it, it, it's light in a way, you know, it is, well, it is, it's swords, it's light, it's truth. It cuts through the, the confusion. And it's funny because I also feel like there is definitely, for me, it's all about the clarity. I love a definitive answer in tarot. But I think that the definitive answers are not the power of tarot. And I mean this as far as like, I also think that about psychic work too. I mean, if I went to a psychic tomorrow and asked for something, what's happening in the future? And they just said, yes, you know, that's happening then. It's really not that helpful for me, actually. You know, yeah. what I need is concrete, um, concrete advice as to how to move through life to achieve that goal. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we have our agency and we are working constantly with, with the universe to kind of draw us to where we want to go. And the worst kind of readings are the ones where people are like, you need to tell me, you know, it's like often those That's readings. Not the are, point. <laughs> yeah. And often it's exactly what you just described where it's like, well, yes, I will tell you, but what I'm telling you is that this is what you need to do. Yeah. This is the work. This is the work. So I love it. And honestly, what's so funny is it's a language. It becomes like as much, like exactly like astrology, it becomes a language yes. that you speak. And I realized that very heavily recently. I was at a games night with a friend who I was teaching tarot and we're playing code names. And, and I was like, oh, we, oh, we, we got this. 
And one of the words on the board was dragon. And I was like, uh, seven of cups. He's like, oh, dragon. I was like, yes, <laughs> because we had just looked at the cards and there's like a little dragon coming out of the cup, you know? <laughs> and it was like, and, and our teammates are like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I was like, that's terror, baby. That's terror. And we are speaking it and you have got no idea. It's so funny how that does come up. Cause like I was literally having this conversation earlier with um, just like talking astrology as another language with my astrology people and, yes. and how it is literally like when I'm speaking with someone in our common language is English, or I'm speaking with someone in our common language is French, you know? And then, so let's say I'm speaking with someone yeah. and our common language is French. And then I get to speak English and my brain breathes a little sigh of relief. It's a little bit like that with me for astrology when I'm talking to people who are not in the astrology language knowledge. And then I get to talk to my astrology people and my brain breathes a little sigh of relief where I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So like my Mars and Gemini was so activated today. And they're like, yes, understood. And it's like, <laughs> it's like that with tarot when, I mean, you and I, we can get into this maybe now or later, maybe we'll do it, you know, further later, but we had a huge way of us connecting as tarot students and as friends was through yeah. our journey with the temperance card, which is one of the majors in tarot. And so now whenever, and we had like this whole journey where it's like the pendulum swinging, we go too far this way. So we have to swing back that way. And whenever we're having one of those like moments for like temperance, bring it back to temperance, you know, and, and we just get that right away. You know, and it's funny because I think we should talk about temperance now. Why not? We're here. Uh, we we absolutely had, and this is actually such a beautiful, I'm having kind of like compound watershed moments right now um, about temperance and major cards being these major archetypes that come to us in life, larger life moments. And Sierra and I were definitely brought together on a temperance journey. And that's the beautiful of the synchronicity. Temperance was our sign. It was the sign that said, guys, you're working together. Yes, that was it. Guys, this is it. And it was the real sign that was like, you guys have to work together. And do you know what's so interesting now that we're doing this podcast together is something else I'm realizing about temperance is that it's about divine timing. It's about, yes. it's about that beautiful angelic work and things that are supposed to happen in their time. And it's so nice that we're here doing this. And temperance would be like, yeah, right. Because that was the plan all along, guys. Yeah. And temperance is also a card that is a Sagittarius ruled card. And you and I are always like bonding over that Sagittarius Venus that we share. You've got Sagittarius temperament in your chart, yes. you know, like we're about the abundance or about the positivity. And we really went through this journey of not understanding the temperance card and being stalked by it. <laughs> and, mm. so, and so she, she was yeah. heavy. I mean, she was coming heavy. Yeah. She was like everywhere and every time. <laughs> and that's the thing about, that's the thing about terror is like, there is that part of it that is, very much just like um, analyzing images and, you know, the, you know, helping us therapeutically. But the mystical part is that these cards have a sense of humor yeah. and they also aggressive and temperance was being aggressive yeah. with us. Yeah. You know, multiple decks, multiple shuffles, multiple world images. It was, it was hot and heavy all the time. It was really funny because we also came together on our temperance journey 
when you were visiting your home in Australia. And so we had to, it was one of those things where despite the fact of being, I don't even know how many hours apart, I remember you woke up really early and I stayed awake really late because we were like, we have to talk about temperance. We're being stalked to the point where we need to do something about it. And Sierra, do you remember what we called those chats? Temperance talks? I don't remember, is that it? There was another element to it, do you remember? What was it? It was, oh my God. It was tea. It was tea. It was like. It's like a tea time. A tea time chat. Oh my a- God. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> I'm like, I'm having sleepy time tea. You're having morning tea. We're going to have a, a tea. T- it, it was, was like a temperance t- tea. Temperance and here we are. Tea time with temperance. Tea, tea time tea. with temperance. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. We well, are really, yeah. Everyone I think here yeah. is witnessing the synchronicities <laughs> happening in real time because holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> also, Sierra, I think that we, I mean, I honestly think that we're working through some like Victorian parlor karma right now. Oh, heck yes. Like we had <laughs> Victorian women together. Um, <laughs> And we, <laughs> and part of us is like, we got to go back to those tea parlors. We got to go back. There's something we're learning together here. Yeah. Um, and I would not be surprised if in the past we were like doing the work during our like afternoon tea. Oh my gosh. Know? Chi leaf readings. Like when we're supposed to be. Uh... <laughs> Complaining <laughs> about our husbands. Yeah, exactly. No, that was so funny when the, like when we actually got to meet up in person and, and you got to come over to my parents' place. I like was playing the piano and you're sitting in my mom's Victorian parlor and you're like, <laughs> this feels right. <laughs> this feels right, Sierra. It just feels right. It's true. There's something there we have to investigate. Um, it's funny. I mean, oh, bring it back to tarot i just think that it's such a wonderful system and we i have to say it's just it's something i absolutely love if you haven't already figured that out we love it um and i i I, what i want to talk about too is just this journey of it's like a companion it's also like it's a friendly archetypal reminder you know that we have this moments of like the fool's journey you know the way that the fool moves through the major arcana how he shows up where they show up how they kind of like usher you into new feelings new moments in life and it really is like a friend that helps you to understand in what energy you're sitting and speaking about energy what's really wonderful is that one thing i'm realizing and i had a client talk about that recently was like i'm here to clear the energy she said and that was such a nice way to be like, there's something weighing on me, but I know this process will bring clarity and help that move. And I thought that was a beautiful description. It's also, I had someone who said, I'm in need of some guidance. And I figured that this could bring me some guidance. And that's the best way to look at it for me is like, you're getting guidance. Nobody's telling you what to do. I mean, sometimes- For the person who's doing the reading, it feels pretty obvious what the person should do. But at the same right. time, it's not your, it, if you as the reader reading for somebody else, it's not your journey, it's their journey. And so you are the one to guide them. And it's like, you get to take all of this and decide what to do with it. But 
it's a good reminder. We always have free will, you know, in these moments too, but it always helps to get a little bit more clarity, a little bit more guidance. And that just, I don't know, thinking about like the, you know, it's like a companion makes me think of when I'm feeling like switching decks and going to a different deck and being, Mm. you know, in a different world of like different artwork for a little while and how I will get totally different. It's like very much, you can do it based on your mood because when I'm in I'm using the Slavic Legends tarot right now. Oh, so good. It's so good. And it's so intricate. And I'm reading the book, The Bear and the Nightingale in my book club. And so it's very, it's like very much a Russian folklore um, Uh story. And so, so many of these images in these tarot cards that I pull every morning are like reminding me of these images that I'm getting through these words that I'm reading in this book. And then when I'm in a super like fantasy, uh, you know, whatever, sparkly, whatever kind of book I've got tarot cards to go with that mood when and uh and when I'm in like more of my realistic fiction I have classic cards too and it totally depends on the mood that you're in and that's me personally I know some people are like very loyal to their one or two decks but I am a mood tarot person you know and I, I, me too. And I, and it's funny because I feel like the decks serve different purposes too. And, you know, recently I have this deck um that's called um, the ethereal wisdom, which, you know, um, and I was stressed out about it because I brought it to work, um, to read tarot. And I, I didn't, okay. I love also just sign so note. I love that. I said, I brought it to work. And I, I know. I know. Sorry. I, I just, know. that made me very excited. It made me happy too. <laughs> it made me happy. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> I, I, I had this deck and there's, for some reason, this deck has two extra major arcana cards, right? The well. I love when that happens. And the artist, right? Yeah. But it was giving me panic, actually, because I had realized that I didn't know them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this card is going to show up in a reading and I'm not going to know it because that's how I go in, right? The knowledge. Yeah. And I was freaking out. And I kind of made it through the day, you know, and I was like, okay, that wasn't a problem. But then as I was picking my cards, the phone calls and the front desk is like, we have one last client. Can you take her? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Anyway, I, I, I use the deck. I pull it, of course... There it is. One of the cards comes out, the artist. And I was like, oh shit, I know nothing about this card. And I was panicking a little bit, but the reading was amazing. And you know, it's so funny. I I just leaned into the intuitive part of me and I was like, you need to bring it forward. And I started talking about creativity and art and bringing that forward and how, you know, this person had been stuck and really needed to lean into their inner artist. And I was like, is this resonating? (laughs) And she was like, well, uh yeah i'm an artist that hasn't done work in three years so oh my god and it's funny because it was like just as such a good reminder that that's the point of these cards you know like that like i had to trust what i was getting yeah and that's the wonderful thing about tarot is that i really think that the thing it does for you is build your trust and your wisdom and your intuition and that you have to trust the guidance that you're receiving yeah. And then I was like, don't panic. Everything happens for a reason. This is what's coming up. The message is clear and you need to trust it. And uh, it, you know, and it was a beautiful moment and it was a beautiful moment for all of us, everyone involved, you know? You know, that's so great because it also comes back to the reminder of how you and I both work in a way of feeling the need to be prepared with the basics in order to allow our intuition to take over. Whereas some right. other people just go straight into the intuition, which is super admirable from my point of view. Oh, um, amazing. 
but at the same time, uh, might be harder when you use a deck that doesn't have as much imagery. And at this little witchy cafe, I was with one of my French friends and you actually met her. What's up, Marie? I'm sure you're not listening, but I know you're here in spirit and <laughs> you're, you're in French, French spirit. And, um, <laughs> and we were, you know, she picked out this beautiful deck from this bookshelf and, uh, it was a really stunning, like rose golds and just so beautiful. But when it was like the Knight of Swords was the card that she picked. Mm. And it was like a sword with some mm -hmm. beautiful like little swirlies around it. But that was it. And was so it. she didn't she didn't tell me what she was like thinking of. She just kind of pulled cards and then asked me if I could kind of explain it to her. And I, you know, for someone who hasn't done this a lot and maybe isn't as used to kind of divulging everything before they ask, you know, or I do a reading, you know, they're like, I don't know how much I'm supposed to tell you. I wasn't trying to like pry too much at the beginning. And so I was like, I'm just going to tell her the basic meaning of this card. And okay, Knight of Swords can have a lot of different meanings, but yeah. my my definition brain and my intuitive brain like worked together with no imagery going on here. And I was like, you know what? You've got a lot of options. You don't even know where you're going, but you know that you're going and you're going, going, fast. <laughs> going fast. And she just started laughing and she was like, my question was, are me and my boyfriend like going to be doing something this summer for vacation? And she's like, we have no idea, but we booked our weeks. <laughs> And, so, it. and it was exactly that. Like, that was the question. I didn't know that was the question, but just my intuition was like, this is the definition she needs to hear for this card. This is what she needs to hear. And that's yeah, like that combo yeah. of your intuition can still come into play, even if you don't have imagery to play with. But at the same time, I'm grateful for the foundational knowledge that I have in tarot now, because I was like, okay, Knight of Swords, even if this is literally just a picture of a beautiful sword, I can still give her some information, you know? I can give her the basics. And I know enough about, I have enough arsenal. I love thinking about it as arsenal. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. All The more you know, it's like the more tools you have. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, before I met you all, my astrology knowledge was weak. And yeah. when astrology came into my sphere, that became another level of tools, another arsenal for me to pick up in tarot. The more you can draw on, the more intuitive you can be. Yeah. And yeah. so that's a thing too. The more you know, having your mind when you think of the Knight of Swords, you know, it's air. It's, you know, it's about the mind. It's a knight. They're fast acting. You know, when the more you know and the more definitions you know, yeah, then it allows you to have that moment where you're like, okay, yes, we know all that, but the message for her. The intuition funnel, you know? The yes, exactly. Oh, I love that. The intuition funnel. Yeah, and it is yeah. like a sieve, I think, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like this little grain that's come through of all this information is the one that she needs to hear right now. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that when you trust those things, what comes up. And, you know, I'm really enjoying... And this is maybe a good time to segue. I've been really enjoying working with my Oracle cards recently. Mm. Um, and for those who don't know, Oracle cards are similar to tarot cards, but it's a totally different structure. They tend to just be a collection of cards that have sort of thematic meanings. I don't know if yeah. that's a good description. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say the difference between tarot cards and Oracle cards, if you're just popping in and aren't that aware of it, uh, tarot cards in general are always the same. There's always the 22 majors. There's always the minors that are broken up into the pentacles, swords, wands, and cups. And you always have ace through 10. And then you've got a page, knight, queen, and a king. So you've got, it's almost like a playing 
deck of cards. You always know what to expect when you get a tarot deck. And so it's the art and the interpretation that makes it different and exciting. And that's why I've got 7 million decks. But in general, (laughs) if you can read one tarot deck, you can read any tarot deck because they all have the same basic structure. Structure. Whereas an oracle deck is when, you know, there's no two oracle decks that are the same. They could have 20 cards. They could have 50 cards. They could have anywhere in between that. And they normally have an image and a message written out on them, directly on them. So you don't have to interpret what that Knight of Swords means. You pull the card and it says, make a change. And you're like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Here it is. One word, you know. And (laughs) what's beautiful about it, though, is also that, like, you, it does open you up to that um, funnel. Because what I like, and recently what I've been doing with readings is that I've been pulling several Oracle cards from three different decks as an umbrella for my reading, where I do like, Mm. let's pull like three Oracle cards to get a sense of the theme that's going on here. And then I'll break out my cards to expand upon it and see where those um, adjacencies are. And it's really beautiful because sometimes you'll get a card of transformation that's sitting with a message that's sitting with something else. And the three of those, a narrative between the Oracle cards is where my intuition starts to bubble and say, wait, this is about genetic upgrades, DNA upgrades. This is about, you know, um, you get a general theme. And then as the cards get, as the tarot cards start to uh, divulge more, then the narrative becomes unfolded. And um, I just also love when there are adjacencies to, you know, working with multiple decks and you get the same cards or you get a card of transformation and then you get the tower or death, you know, and it's just so nice to have those um, kind of, you know, back and forth messages in the reading. And I also think that it's a really nice way to make your client feel um, secure when there are sort of uh yeah when when the cards are speaking to each other and affirming each other i think that it's a really powerful thing in a reading they're like immediately digestible oracle cards yeah that's true that's a good point yeah that's true and and i mean tarot in general is great because you an oracle having a card in front of you you know as i tap more and more into my guides and as i work on this channeled writing thing i've got going on and as i you know dive into that deeper i realize that i know so much of the information without going to the cards but right. i love having a visual and giving a reading to somebody that they can have a visual in front of them. That's an amazing thing. And I've been really leaning into using both tarot and Oracle because they bring something different. And again, with that mood in the same way that a different tarot deck is going to give me a little bit of a different energy. An Oracle deck is going to give me a completely different and additional little side message. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I like them as I think that <laughs> we went into some gateway, <laughs> some gateway divination gateway. last time. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that oracle cards are the gateway cards because I think that yes. they, you know, they you don't have to be overwhelmed by learning something in the totality in the same way that tarot is, where you know, yes. like we said, you can read the little pamphlet, you can read the little book that comes with the tarot cards, but it really helps if you know and understand the deck. Whereas Oracle decks, all of my Oracle decks, I still read the little booklet because every single one is different and yeah. the they're beautifully described. And described. Yeah. yeah. And so I absolutely use the book when I read Oracle cards. If I was using a consistent deck over and over again, I'm sure I'd eventually learn that. But 
at the same time, I like that variety and I like the more simplicity to it in that way. Yeah, they're like training wheels. Yeah. Actually. It is because you're right. You could give someone an Oracle deck and be like, and it could very quickly develop their own exploration of how these cards even work. You know, yeah. how I can pull a daily card or a card for a moment and and then it kind of creates practices for you, which then in tarot would be very helpful. Yeah. And I also think that like, if anybody out here is listening and you're like, I choose to read Oracle and they are not training wheels, you know, <laughs> I can see it as like, because I, I think some people just vibe better with Oracle, oh, for sure. But at the same time, I agree with what you said, because it was, it's that gateway of I can shuffle, I can pull a card, I can get a meaning and I can get used to this being a, a tool that I use. Exactly, exactly. And I think because the hard thing about tarot, I think where tarot, where one of the one of the uh, skills that you need with tarot is like narrative adjacencies, like what is coming up with what, you know, mm. because this card on its own might mean X, but now when it's sitting with this card, the meaning may be totally different, or it might have deepened the meaning, right? Or the intuition might be like, well, I'm getting, you know, a transformation card, but also with a card that's about inaction. And I'm actually now reading a different kind of message here about maybe resistance to change, as opposed to I'm getting a transformation card with a like spiritual connection card. And that for me is now kind of saying that you're being led to lean into your spiritual practices because you need an upgrade, you know? So yes. the, the meanings that you, and, and that bigger the spread is, the more of that happens, the more cards you use. And, and it becomes complex because I always say this with Tara, you need to know the meaning of the cards. You need to know the meaning of the positions. If you're reading a spread like that, you need to know the question you asked and you need to be able to have all of that, kind of weave into a tapestry which is a very specific kind of it is uh it is like a weaver's yeah. it is like a weaver energy where you're like I'm able to sort of see things from a different perspective tie it all together and then relate it back to the question that was asked and put it through that filter while I'm reading everything and looking at how everything is speaking yeah. and that's a skill and that's and it's why complex. it's like another language because it's not just knowing this vocabulary word and that vocabulary word. It's knowing how to conjugate them, putting together into a phrase. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, into a sentence. Exactly, yes. Um, to answer a question. Yes, exactly. absolutely. And that's so, I mean, but also how beautiful. Yeah. You know, the more and more that I know about tarot, the more I'm not surprised that air signs are good at it. Just saying. <laughs> No, but seriously, because <laughs> I am married to an Aquarius who's got like all the, and a Gemini moon. He's got so much air energy and he just comes over and looks at it. And I'm like, I'm trying to compare these two. And he's like, oh, well, this image and this image and this image and this image. And I'm like, either get out of here or sit down and learn it yourself because you're making me jealous, you know? <laughs> we're good at strategy. We're good at big picture. We're good at connection and we're good at language and symbols and yeah, all of that stuff. Um, we have our weaknesses too. I will say that. I will say that. And I will say that no matter what your astrology is, anybody can get into tarot and that is the beauty of it. And any, no matter what anything is like, there's so much, there's so much diversity within tarot because there's so many different creators, you know, there's so many different creators and that's what I love. Yes. And can we take a moment now to shout out? I mean, I think, I mean, this is maybe a totally different conversation, but one thing that can be polarizing about the tarot is that it is historically very um, homogenous. Yes. Um, and sort of white centric, not to make this, you know, a political podcast, but no, but you're right. 
there is a very, it, it comes from a lens. And what I love about new tarot decks, and I, and I do want to call out Chris Ann um, for um, Lightseer's Tarot, because I do believe that this is an important deck. We've talked about this. And her Muse uh, deck as well. It has such a, muse, yeah. Yeah, diversity, mm-hmm. um, inclusion, um, not only in uh, race, but in gender and in all sorts of things. I actually think that it's a formative deck. I think it's an important deck. Yeah. And in my readings, I give people options and I put several cards out and ask them to pick. They don't see the illustrations. And I would say 98% of my clients are picking that deck intuitively. And there has to be something about that. Yeah. Yeah. That is really, you're so right. It's very, there's so much more diversity within that one deck that it really, it speaks to so many people and it includes so many, I don't know, just, it's just such a beautiful variety that it brings. And I also want to shout out the modern witch um, tarot deck. That is a, it's almost an identical copy of the traditional um, Rider Waite Smith deck, but with a little bit more um, modernized, I, I don't know, like colors. Can colors be modernized? I don't know. And um, yeah. and then um, the there, it's also very women powering. It's like all like the knights are women, the you know the kings, and so it's just you really it's a very empowering. And there's a whole different range of skin tones, which I really appreciate in that deck. And it also modernizes it as just like in that you know ten of wands, where it's somebody carrying sticks up a hill. They're in like this fabulous skirt and flats <laughs> while they're carrying these things up the hill. <laughs> You know, it makes it, it it makes the traditional imagery a lot more accessible to modern day while also being inclusive. So I I really like that one. If you're going to buy like a basic tarot deck and you really want the traditional images, I love this for being that option, you know? Absolutely. And I, and I absolutely agree. And I think that they're important decks because as we're pushing to be more like the world, you know, where we're you know, inclusive and uh, sort of bringing together the energies of the world, I feel like we do need to um, just acknowledge that it's important to get to the truth. You also need to be reading with honest decks. Yeah. And I think that there is an honesty and a diversity in these decks that just is ready for our our era. Yeah. You know, and wow. Sorry, we just got there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And bring in like all of this, because I feel like we are, we have a very positive outlook on all of that because that's who we are and it made me um it made me think of a question that I had regarding like actually reading the decks and when you're doing that like I learned tarot without doing reversals and mm. I know that you learned tarot initially I, with reversals I and was just about to speak about this so yes were see. you I love that <laughs> because here's the thing I think for both of us we and you mentioned this earlier where you know the goal is to leave with some positivity and to have a positive like outlook and to leave with good news no matter what the news is saying you know to to have something good to take away and I think that that's both of our goals which is why we want to talk about this because there's so many people that are a little bit afraid of tarot in that way and we're very much like we're here to bring the good news but a huge reason why I never really even before I started taking classes when I just shuffled my deck maybe because I don't know I'm not an overly organized person but at the same time (laughs) with my decks like every single card is right side up and I will keep it that way like I never never let my my decks get out of order and and so when I'm shuffling I only read 
um, right side up. I don't do reversals. And then when I started taking classes, our teacher doesn't teach reversals. We like learn the entirety of the card. And then it kind of forces our intuition to come and take over and see, you know, what's going on there. But every once in a while, if I'm shuffling and it's been like, you know, and one flies out of the deck and it lands on me upside down, like, okay, I'm listening, you know, clearly this is a very important message, but in general, I don't read reversals. I'm coming at it from a positive mindset. I'm not saying that you can't get good news or bad news from reversals or whatever, but I don't know. I just thought I'd ask you about that because you kind of teeter between the two. I do. And I have to say that I was, so I was, um, when I started reading, I was all about reversals. And I also will say that it was like, I, I lived in a world, in a world where there were only reversals. I, I hadn't even considered that mm-hmm. you could just turn the cards up right, you know, right way up yourself. <laughs> I, I that wasn't even, that wasn't even an option. I've until, got the power. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> until Sheila, our teacher was like, oh, I know I don't do reversals, turn that around. Um, I was like, oh, it's so funny when things like this happen to you in life where you're like, oh, right. Um, <laughs> the thing about reversals is that, I mean, what I love about the tarot and is that you have your light and you have your shadow like in everything in life there's a light and there's a shadow now neither of those things is necessarily bad and actually the most positive quote-unquote positive card can be the most constructive potentially and I don't want to use the word negative but it can be a hard message yeah you know depending on the position the question you know, if we had asked something about why can't I get a new job, for example, and the reading was what to let go of, and it was, let's just say, like the Ace of Pentacles, that meaning might be like the Ace of Pentacles is, oh, oh, let's just even say the King of Pentacles. Actually, King is a better example, um, which is generally a really positive card. Yeah, but if yeah. it was like in the what to let go of, you know, I'm just making this up, but it could be about like you're getting too comfortable. You're too comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, so this positive card, given that context, can be like you have to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, so that's why I don't like attributing positive to cards or a plus sign or a negative sign because it really depends on the question, the position, and the context. And and equally so, that's the shadow of the King of Pentacles, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the shadows. But there's yes. also a lot of light about manifestation and abundance and comfort and, and you know, um, agency and and all that. But I just, what I'm trying to say is that like knowing the light and the shadow, like Sarah said, is so helpful to know, regardless of whether it's turned up or turned um, the right way up or, or upside down reversed. But I also, I never used to realize that I was already doing that, but I guess the reversal would kind of be a wayfinding tool for me to be like, Oh, this might be pushing you in the direction of the shadow. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um now i think what our teacher had explained to us and she was quite right was that you don't want to get stuck in a binary position where you're only looking at the light or you're only looking at the shadow so if it's reversed don't only lean into the shadow because at the end of the day you need to be constructive yeah and to understand how to be constructive knowing the light of the card helps you push that person towards it um you know um because i don't want to just be like oh you're too comfortable bye Um, thanks for coming. You know, then we can talk about manifestation or how to get out of your comfort zone and the tools that might be required, you know, but yeah. So her, her turning it around for me really was empowering you to constantly look at both. Um, and I, and I did change my practice, but you're right. I teeter because now 
I, I mean, one, I'm never going to go and put all my cards in order. It's just not going to be something that I <laughs> do um, from a very practical, like, I'm not, I don't have that kind of if Virgo you keep them energy. that way, they stay that way. <laughs> no, no, that's just not, my body doesn't work that way. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think from that, they're always kind of mixed up. And sometimes I reverse them. And I think in a reading now, if I feel that it's, if I really feel the hit of the reversal, I still will go with it. Yeah. Um, but I just let my intuition decide there. And I, I really like that because, you know, the reason why I was asking too is because there is that energy with reversals being the more shadow side, the more negative side. And here you are like a super positive light worker, you know, and, and still using that and oh, yeah. being able to give the, you know, I don't know, the positive energy there, but <laughs> I also, I like the idea of using the entire energy of the card, like you said. And Agreed. it seems like even when you are using reversals, you're not ignoring that, which I think it's just, it yeah. might be easier to do that if you think of it as exclusively this meaning or that meaning. Right. And I think that the thing, yeah, 100%. And I think the thing that, you know, I want to make clear, and I think that Sierra would agree with me, is that just because we're positive people, it doesn't mean that we're on a campaign to like make you drink the Kool-Aid and it's some sort of propaganda that's steering you away from shadow work. Because that's not true. That's not and, true. And Pass and the Kool-Aid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Spill the Kool-Aid out. Because, you know, we all know those people that are like killing through positivity that are like, don't look at the bad stuff. Don't look at the bad stuff. We're all going to have a good time. You know, that's not what we're preaching. Um, I feel like you always have to deal with the constructive, but the, but you know, there is room for, um, there is room for depth and hard work, but there, it doesn't mean that you can't approach it with the, purpose of filling the cup a little further and just staying on the uh constructive positive side of that cup i think we're just wired that way and some people yeah. are wired differently and getting into the kind of you know sadness is where they do their trauma releases too and i think we do that too but you know we are who we are you know yeah yeah and that's i i like using this as a tool where no matter what um no matter what darkness you're going through, because we all have those moments, I, I need to look to the, the light of it. I, I need that. Not everybody needs that. I need that. And I think you need that too. And that's why that's how we read because if I'm having a really shit day, I, oh man, this literally <laughs> happened to me. This, this was the perfect moment of me like turning my day around. And this has taken years and years of work. Like, I mean, my biggest struggle, and like, I know we have like gotten to many chats about this, but it's always my body. It's always my health. That's my big struggle. I mean, we're Sagittarius, Venuses, more is more over here. All right. And so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And so I was feeling really horrible in this moment. And about like, you know, I struggle with even just cooking, like coming up with a recipe. And I'm like, if I knew how to cook, then I wouldn't be this way. And so I was in this like deep <laughs> moment and my husband's like, you're perfect and amazing. Let's please like get it together. Like I'm here and I'm like, I'm just going to the market. I'm going to suck at getting things because I suck. And anyway, oh, no. so I was like in this very <laughs> moment and I was literally walking to the market and I was voice messaging one of my friends here. And I was like, you know what? I'm in a really shitty mood. And if I stay in this shitty mood, 
I'm about to have the shittiest time ever at the market and I need to get out of it right now. So this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you some really great things going on in my life. And it was nothing to do with this area. And it has taken me like (laughs) over 30 years to get to this point because I know that this helps me feel better. But in the moment of the deep dark, it's not easy for me to get into the lighter moments. But I started talking about all the, the good things that were going on in my life and the fact that I even could walk five minutes to go to a market and this French life that I'm living in and how grateful I am for that. I went to the market, talked to these people at the uh, fruit and veggie stand, and we ended up getting into the biggest conversation about our cats and sharing pictures with our cats. And they were like, next time you have your cat out in public, because I walk around with a backpack with my cat because I'm that millennial (laughs) without children. And um, they were like, you've got to bring your cat by. And so I just had like the best conversations with these random people at the market. And I was like, I I did it. I did it. I turned it around because I was in this space where if I didn't turn it around, I knew exactly what was going to happen is that I was going to drop something. They weren't going to have what I needed. Like I was going right. to, you know, it was just going to so easily spiral and I yes. like force myself out of it. And so that's the approach that I feel like I take when I'm doing anything, but it's easier for other people than for me. You know, it's easier for me to say that to other people than myself, obviously. But when I'm doing a tarot reading, that's the approach that I try to take where it's like, yes, we're acknowledging, <laughs> we're acknowledging that this is a heavy moment that you're in, but also let's look at this sun card over here. Let's look at yeah. the joy that you do have. And let's focus on that despite what's going on over here with that shadow. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And also what I love about this too, is that in that moment, Sierra, you chose the higher timeline for yourself, you know, like something happened to you. There was a wheel of fortune moment and you had the awareness to take it the second and say, there's a version of me that goes to the market in a shit mood, comes home and fights with my husband and has a terrible night. And there's a version of me that, right now decides to elevate my timeline and to imagine my highest person. So I'm imagining my highest self. I am putting myself in the energy of the higher, more elevated, more conscious version of me. And because of that, you went to the market and the universe brought you that elevated higher timeline experience because you chose. And that's actually a beautiful moment. And what I love about what you're saying in the readings is that what it really is, is that these shadows or anxiety, everything we get in life is a wayfinding tool. And when we're feeling anxious, it's telling us something. When we're feeling afraid, it's telling us something. So exactly what you said, that is pointing you to the sun. That is pointing you to the thing that is showing you that something is wanting to change and shift. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, fear has no, it's not positive or negative, you know, anxiety is not positive or negative. They're just energy that's waiting to be changed. And your example was so beautifully illustrating how that happens. And the way you're reading is to inspire people to do the same. Yeah. Like the, well, thank you. And like the way that you know, when you are doing a reading, like we said, there's always free will. You can completely ignore the person. You can ignore oh, yeah. the cards that are, you, if you're doing a reading for yourself, or you could ignore oh. the cards that if you get a reading from somebody else. But I like <laughs> the idea of it presenting you with that option of tapping into the higher timeline that, you know, like the, an elevated uh, timeline. Yeah. An elevated experience. And I don't know, like that's a whole, maybe another mystical 
discussion for another day. Yeah. <laughs> but because I, I do believe that there is a way of, you know, I see things as like a board game and it's like we're starting here and there's a really likely chance we're ending here. But the whole experience of the board game depends on which like routes you decide to take. And right. And how quickly you get, how, what you get to enjoy along the way. It's like Candyland. Like, are you going to go into like that mud pit area or do you get to like go across the little <laughs> rainbow bridge, you know? So. <laughs> I, and I love that. And I, and the thing is, I think we both read similarly in that, in that respect. And, and you are offering people um, a constructive view into how they could shift yeah. And I think that that's yeah. why we're here through tarot to elevate consciousness yeah, for ourselves and, and for everybody else. Yeah. And we have like that, like, that's why tarot is a really cool structure because you can use it for so many different things. It's like building blocks. You can build whatever you want, but it's like you have the blocks and you know how the pieces fit together. You can build all these different structures with it. And the, our overlapping structure there is the, you know, let's, let's, let's see what the most let's see what the the best possibility is here let's see what the best possibility is here yes the most benevolent oh most benevolent love it that's a scary yes. word yes <laughs> <laughs> well i guess in i mean we can always go into tarot talk for literally forever but i guess a question for you to kind of like end this wrap this up a little bit is what are like your current favorite tarot and oracle decks you're using right now Okay, so my favorite tarot deck at the moment, Lightseers by Chris Ann. Um, my soul deck, which is Robin Woods, will always be one of my favorites. It is the first one I ever got, and it it continues to be beautiful. I am working more this week with the Ethereal Visions deck by um, Matt Hughes, I think. Yeah, 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 it's Matt um, Hughes, yeah. Yeah, and um, those three are really on the radar. Um, I... Oracle decks wise, I'm loving Rebecca Campbell's Work Your Light. That's been a favorite. Mm -hmm. Also her Starseed. They are perpetually um, on my radar. Um, I use one called Sacred Earth Oracle, which I adore, but I do not know who it's written by. And I um, also am using a Gateway Activation one, also blanking who it's by which is not very good. If I had been prepared, I would have looked. But no, it's a, this is an on-the-fly question. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, they're probably my my standards. Um, I have to say, though, um, recently I did a lot of work with In Between Tarot, um, which was by Janine Worthington, and it is a really powerful deck yeah. um, that also is, like, making you look in the spaces between cards and the hierarchies and how things move between one another and it encourages flow instead of just static meanings and I love that for that purpose but I, I mean like Sierra I have about you know 40 decks so we could sit here and discuss the <laughs> pros and cons of every single one um, and I'll throw the question back at you um, so we can hear a little bit from you what you are loving working with right now yeah I love the um the Rebecca Campbell decks, like you said, as far as Oracle decks. And I love, well, yeah, I've got so many right now. The one that I never really had a deck that was like, this is my deck. I always go back to, but I find it's weird. Cause you would think it'd be one of your first decks, but that's not at all the case for me. But the deck that I always go back to now, it is the Tarot du Zodiac. <laughs> I think it's just called Zodiac Tarot in, in English. I've only ever seen it here. Um, and it's, it's very, very um, based off of Rider Waite, deck 
but it mm-hmm, has got a mm-hmm. black background and it's a little bit more whimsical. And mm-hmm. I I had those cards with me when I was in Egypt and something about it, I feel like got infused with that energy there. And I feel like wow. I can never separate from it now. And that's the deck that I feel the most connection with. And I think I might, you know, that might be like the forever kind of connection. But right now, the deck that I'm loving was what I mentioned earlier is the Slavic Legends Tarot. And I right. don't know the artist of that, but I know it's by Taroteca Studios. And Mm -hmm. actually, the deck that I just got recently that I've been dabbling with is the Ostera Tarot. Oh, right. Ostera. And Ostera is like the the Sabbath that's coming up soon, Wheel of the Year. Um, Equinox, yeah. Uh, Spring Equinox. And that deck has four different artists. And it's so funny because there's four different artists who do that deck. And I was just accepting the deck as it is as a whole. And my airy husband comes over and he's like are there different artists who did this one and i was like what oh he, he's got and it. he's like well they don't have the same vibe this one's completely different from this one and i'm like you sir are blowing my mind and so uh <laughs> we had a really cool moment this morning where we were just going through all the different cards and he is not a tarot person we were going through all the different cards and like just looking at the artwork of it so that's the one that i'm kind of like playing with as like a personal deck for me right now mm-hmm. and the oracle deck that i'm really into is the moon witch oracle i can't remember mm. the creator but i know that they are on etsy and they are awesome um and that's another one of those like beautiful black background with kind of like golden images popping out Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really simple, like, you know, there's a few goddesses in there. There's some that it's just like manifestation or right. a sign or yes or no or whatever. And there's, I really yes, love yes, yes. that Oracle deck, but also Oracle decks that I have to shout out or are the um, Seasons of the Witch Oracle. Mm. Uh, who is that by? I feel like I need that one. The Seasons of the Witch Oracle uh, by uh, Juliet Diaz and then... It's also Lorian Anderson and illustrated by Giada Rose. They have three different ones. They've got the Samhain one, the Yule one, and the Beltane one. And I believe they're coming out with the Mabin one, Mabon one soon. And those decks, I love bringing them out around that time of year because I really feel like you get into the energy of the season and they really infuse that energy of the season. So uh, those decks, I don't use all the time i use them throughout the year seasonally which oh, i, I love that's so cool deck. yeah, yeah absolutely and actually yesterday someone was using a deck that i know you have i'm pretty sure the um moonology deck oh yeah yeah someone was using that yesterday i was like sierra is all over that one <laughs> so i was like yeah and that's the moon magic is um yeah that's and you know recently it's funny because recently in a tarot reading i was drawn to tell someone that they need to look into moon magic um Mm. and it's just interesting i should have told her about that deck um moonology yeah i mean there's so many wonderful wonderful decks austera tarot as well i feel like what i love about austera tarot is that it is um it is kind of sneaky um because it is very differently even though it has the same structure as all the tarot decks as a seasoned well-seasoned tarot reader that's been marinating for like eight years you know um <laughs> you... <laughs> love a good analogy yes <laughs> you pick up that deck and you're like oh yeah wands oh no cups oh no what uh because there really is this um freedom of expression in that that deck that isn't very um 
immediately obvious um, to the reader and it does require your participation in a way that other decks don't, I think. That's so perfectly said. It requires your participation because I literally pulled a card for myself from that deck this morning and I knew it was a king. It said king, but I didn't know what suit it was and it was very fiery color. So I was like, oh, okay, king of wands. And then I looked really close and it was like, there's a really sneaky cup way at the bottom there. I was like, okay king of cups Cups but like a fiery king of cups (laughs) yeah yeah and i i love that and i love how those artists work together and that's again the artwork is such a i feel like that's why i like give my not even the excuse but how i come to terms with the fact why i have so many different decks it's like they're not the same it's like if you were to get all these different paintings and rotate them in your home you know like it's a it's a different vibe it's a curation it's a curation Yeah. And it's a magician thing. It's like, these are the tools I need for that. Yes. You know, and I know that too. It's like this tarot deck, it's going to be for this. I need this, you know, you just drawn to them. So they're beautiful. Get to know your tarot decks, share your favorite tarot decks with us. Oh my gosh. I'd love Uh, to know. Yeah. What are your favorite decks? And, and absolutely reach out to us too. If you're, I don't know, interested in learning, interested in getting a reading where we do both of those things. We absolutely do. We absolutely do. So Yeah. So I guess as we're ending this, where can we find us individually? Individually, you can find me at Tara for Light on Instagram and TikTok. Um, you can find me an, at An Ordinary Guide on TikTok also and website taraforlight.com. And you can find me over at magical.bookclub on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. And you can find us as a unit over at mystic.gossip on Instagram. So check us out there. And if you like this, this is the beginning of these episodes. So please like, review, subscribe. We'd be really grateful to get this ball rolling so that we can do more and more of these chit chats. And we're also super just grateful for anybody who's stumbled upon us and here for the magic, here for the gossip, here to spell the positivity. Yes. Let's spill it. Let's spill it. <laughs> well, I was just well, about to say, we'll work on an ending. Thank you for being we'll here work. and we'll work on an ending for next we'll time. We'll definitely work on an ending. But, you know, maybe this is it. We just do awkward goodbyes. That's fine. That's fine. So thanks <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs>